0: What's going on? What are you? I'm Megan.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording and this is Out Now with Aaron Abe. I am Aaron. Abe is unfortunately not here. He is a bit under the weather so we might hear from him a little later on. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies being most popular for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 519, 519, and this week we're talking Megan, or as some pronounce it, Mathrigan. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the, uh, the plan for this week's episode. Joining me to discuss, Megan, we have, from firstshowing.net, he woke up
2: to his titanium-themed alarm clock. It's Alex Billington. Hello, my name is Alex, automated laughing extrapolator hello good to have me on the show <laughs> it's a boastful robot let's get this <laughs> well i have been programmed to be very proud of myself
1: <laughs> well alex or the the robot formerly known as alex billington it's glad i'm glad yes, to have sir. you back i on am the...
2: here <laughs> it's <laughs> it's <glad laughs> to have you, you back on the show <laughs> thank you thank you thank you Oh. oh. Uh, uh, uh. Uh. <laughs> Reboot required. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad to be back too. And it's really, it's been, a while. it's been a while. You guys are your your soft, lovely voices always bring me great comfort, and I hope they do for your listeners too. Oh uh, yeah. We've, like, now, we've now just lost many of them from this comment, but I hope they continue to listen anyway.
1: Oh, your your Deutschland spirits, <laughs> I, I'm sure, is is bringing in like extra viewers or just listeners this week. So that's that's what I. I don't know.
2: I've always wondered if some people are like, oh, I don't want to listen to this Alex guy. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I w- I've always wondered, like, maybe not you, but some of the other podcasts, I've always wondered if they get like an email from someone who's like, "Why do you have this guy on your show so much?" Because doesn't that happen? I, I wish know, we I- would get that email. Oh, <laughs> I okay. Wish okay. Would, <laughs> I wish we would get that kind of comment. It's like,
1: man, I like your guys' show, but why do you have so and so on so often? <laughs>
2: but i've One heard it i so seen... rude but like... no but i've seen it i've seen people post this on twitter like they'll be like oh we put our new episode up and someone will leave a comment and be like oh, i don't like this person's voice why do you keep bringing them on i'm like jeez this is like <laughs> i mean i know i mean whatever it's fine i like that your impression is someone
1: that's the most deep voiced person possible i don't like this person's voice <laughs> like...
2: no it was just it was an impression of anyone it's more like they don't like when you have some nerdy nasally voice which i don't want to replicate because then someone will yell at me but um I don't know. I, and it's also the funny thing is most of us can't really control our voices. Like I just speak the way I speak and hope I don't sound like an idiot. <laughs> Good luck to all the listeners today. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> but
1: we wouldn't have you on the show, Alex, if if we didn't think that you uh sounded appropriate for podcasting. Granted, well, you haven't I been didn't... on for like two years, but it's, you know that's besides. The... No, I'm kidding. But uh, it's only been like a year, uh, but still.
2: <laughs> but, but I did this podcast recently with a British guy and. He got on and we started talking. I was like, this guy has the most loveliest voice I've ever heard. (laughs) And I kept telling him that through the show. I was like, I just want to listen to you all day. Like this, it's this like sweet, strong British, you know, I was just like, wow, wow. Like it it was almost like Statham style. Just you're just like, oh, I just want to listen to you. Just want to hear you talk. Like he had the epitome of what a, a perfect podcast voice should be. I'd say that's why we have
1: our friend of the show Jay Clued on, who is from 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 England as well. Except he ah, okay, was he okay. was recently voted worst Brit, so I mean that's that's just his problem. He listens wow. to the show, so he'll know. Um, so <laughs> he'll be oh. back soon enough as well. Uh, we love having Jay on, uh, but no, glad to, gl- Alex, glad to have you here. I was tempted to find another guest that would specifically just do robot voice for ninety minutes. <laughs>
2: Well, it's <laughs> like I have to do it, but after two minutes, of it, people are going to be like, "Oh God, shut up!" Like get get to back to your regular voice.
1: It didn't work. Like I have like two people in mind that probably would have humored it, but I, they just weren't available
0: this <laughs> week.
1: <So> uh. <laughs> but we are glad to have you here. It is sad that Abe can't join us for most of this room, but he'll be he'll be here. He'll 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 show up eventually. Um, let's get to it. Let's get to some uh, some show notes here. First up, uh, commentary track. So here's the deal. We love doing our commentary tracks. We do one every month on this podcast. And sometimes we like to apply a theme to the commentaries. Often it's usually like movies celebrating like their 20th, 25th, 30th anniversary or what have you. Sometimes it's tied to another movie that came out. We did Avatar last month for obvious reasons. Uh, For the first four months of the year this year, we decided we're going to do a little thing called I Love L.A., which is going to be specifically Los Angeles action or action comedies um, from four different decades. And uh, to start this, we're going to do a commentary for Assault on Precinct 13 uh, this Mm. month. Uh, The original. Yeah, the original. John Carpenter's film, um, which I think is going to be quite enjoyable. So stay tuned uh, for that commentary. We're going to record that pretty soon. Um, What else? Um, Last year, uh, a friend of the show, Mike Dillon and I, we did a little thing called the Out Now Horror Awards, uh, where we talked about our favorite horror movies from the past year. And we're going to do a little thing like that again uh, soon enough as well. So stay tuned for that. And of course, next week is our top 10 show. So be ready uh, for all of that happening. A lot of a lot of fun shows coming up. Um, can you let's
2: invite me for the top 10. What gives No. Oh, <laughs> uh, you will be. Well, I, I like
1: as we like to do, we like to get our a lot uh, of our right, guests right, to right, record right. their own uh, little snippets so we can hear the top 10. So, yes, I will be requesting you to send oh, me a, a, a brief clip of your top 10. I'll be double canceled now. OK, all right, well, yeah, I know you love Morbius, but uh, we'll get to that. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh let's see what else itunes reviews ratings of course if you like the show if you like to see all the other episodes of the show and all the stuff we're doing you can log into itunes you can search for out now with our name you can find us and you can also leave us a rating review which would be wonderful okay let's uh, get away from that and let's get into the main show here first up what's the little thing called out now quickies damn you should all right
2: alex what
1: other movies have you seen recently
2: um well, speak you, you made me think of this speaking of Los Angeles movies. I just watched Strange Days last night. oh, it's uh Kevin Bigelow, James Cameron thing very strange film living up to its title of Strange days mm-hmm. um, enjoyed it, but did not love it. I had you not seen it before? had you seen no, it? no, I would never seen uh, oh I well, never seen it before about it. yeah, everyone was talking about it for for whatever reason, I think because it was uh New Year's themed and you know James Cameron and it's it's like the headset in the movie really uh. Predates dates avatar for like exactly what cameron eventually would do with avatar with like putting this head the head thing on your head and whatever uh-huh. um but no i i enjoyed it i just like the first thing i was thinking halfway through was like now i know why this movie has kind of been lost in time which is like it's extremely sexually violent and there's like two horrible scenes in it where i was like oh my god and that i'm surprised that it hasn't been like judged as problematic nowadays for for those moments of, of course there's an, a narrative use for them but still i was like jeez and then it's also like uh, I don't they, think because
1: they, it's it's not necessarily groundbreaking, but certainly like for a for a what's a, essentially a studio film, it's pretty striking for what it's trying to comment yeah, on. Yeah, let yeah, alone coming course, from a female filmmaker.
2: Yeah, of course. And that like the the ideas in it are really cool. With the it also really was remarkably prescient in the way it discusses um, basically body cameras and yeah. like the way police are supposed to be judged by this this mechanism which captures what they're doing. And then, interestingly, you know, 25 years removed since it had come out, how nowadays they use body cameras for their advantage, yet in the plot of this one, spoiler, is that the body cameras were being used to incriminate them, and that they were, like, afraid of that. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wow, it's kind of crazy how he touched on this 25 years ahead, but also it's this kind of commentary on the LAPD being assholes, and I was also like, well, also... They've been assholes for at least 25 years or more. I mean, since the the Rodney King incident, obviously, is the iconic moment of how horrible they've been. So you're like, okay, so for also nothing has really changed in 25 years or more of time. (laughs) No offense to the LAPD, you know, (laughs) but uh, no, but really offense to the LAPD because it was so clear in how they depict their um, actions and how much is a commentary on that, too. But my other thing was thinking about it is that they keep breaking out these like little mini discs to transfer their uh, playbacks. Mm -hmm. and uh and i was thinking like oh man this is a lot like hackers like almost the exact same shots from hackers and i was thinking who who beat who and the crazy thing about it is that hackers opened a month earlier than this movie and i thought it would have been before like hackers did it first but therefore you can't even really claim who was doing the disc trading close-up shots but i also just think it was 90s Yeah, that's just movie. It's on the mind. Yeah, that's that's the it's the techno
1: surgency of whatnot. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. And the whole commentary on like the millennium and what's going to happen to our digital stuff and what's going on with technology. It was it was cool. I just like by the end, I was like, eh, okay. It's a well, long that's...
1: movie. It could be exhausting yeah. if you're not prepared for like the content that's going yeah. on in the movie.
2: Well, I wasn't. That's why I seen I was like, man, yeah. this is brutal. Like yeah. intense. Like not only the, these two scenes, but any of the scenes where you like go into the mind of someone and they end up getting shot. I'm like, Jesus.
1: It's uh, heavy, man. It's also packed with '90s actors. Like you have yeah, like yeah. what Sizemore, Glenn Plummer, William Fickner. <laughs> uh, you know, American Accent Ray Find, Angela Bassett, Michael uh, yeah, like wincott Jennifer yeah. julia Lewis. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, such it's a very... 90s themed cast.
2: But a lot of the 90s movies, as we're all discovering now re watching them, are very 90s. Like everything is so perfectly representative of the 90s, kind of the way every 80s movie is so perfectly represented the 80s that having lived through that era of when I was growing up, now looking back on it, you're like, oh, wow, this is very much a time capsule of the craziness of the 90s, too.
1: It is while at the same, like you said, being very prescient as far as like to ta- dealing with like the millennium, uh, dealing with you know expanding technology and VR yeah. to some degree in like its own way and whatnot. Like it has a lot yeah, of forward thinking ideas, which is what you'd expect, probably produced by James Cameron and directed by Catherine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: that's cool.
1: Any uh anything else?
2: No, I've been I watched um uh. uh there was something else I watched recently that I thought was really good. Oh, uh, Clerks 3, the Kevin Smith sequel. Um, have you seen it? I have. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> this does not sound good, Aaron. I really liked it. A lot of people do, and I'm very okay, surprised.
1: Okay. Um I I'll, I'll I'll say like I get I get I like what the story's doing. I just think uh-huh. Kevin Smith is not good at directing anymore. Like, that's the yeah. I, li- I like Kevin Smith. Yeah. I'm a fan of hearing yeah. him talk. I could do a little bit less of Guess What Movie I Cried With This Week, but I like hearing him talk about things. But I I honestly think he just doesn't know how to direct movies because I think the story it's telling is a good one. I like the script for Clerk's Three, but betwe- I don't think he knows how to direct O'Halloran the right ways. And I don't think he knows how to get the right beats out of scenes that require certain emotions. But that's me.
2: Well, you know, I can't disagree with you. I just still really liked it. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I, fun- you. Didn't.
1: I liked a lot of parts. I don't hate it by any means. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got too much funny in it to like be a hateable movie. I just yeah, I'm not of, course, a big fan
2: of course, of course. And heart, like he very much. Oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah, for sure. The funniest thing I will thought watching this is like, oh, I didn't realize that Kevin Smith also made his Fableman's movie. Here it is, like yeah. his. <laughs> Yeah. Is kind of go back to his youth, discuss what influenced him and his he, this also paying homage to what kind of led him to the career he's been in and all these things. I was like, oh wow, we have another one of these from another filmmaker. Yeah, m- most and directors
1: that, did last year.
2: Yeah, and it is very it, much especially like... Daniel Espinoza. That's a mor <laughs> that's a morbius joke. <laughs> Morbin time. It's clerk clerkin time. It's it's very much full of heart in that way where he like I like how kind of at the end he's kind of like I want to say that. Uh, maybe maybe this is what he's trying to say. I don't know. Maybe it isn't. But he's like, I took credit for this movie alone my whole career. And now I kind of want to remind and admit that the real credit for this movie is everyone who worked on it and everyone who participated and everyone who influenced it. And yes, my career is, is from it, but also all of you are part of it, too. Which is not ni- it was a nice, like, and en- warm ending to me to see almost the funny, the other funny thing I thought I was watching this is I was like, This almost feels like Kevin Smith's final movie. Like, oh, he's it, that's done, but we know he's gonna make more. Oh, yeah, uh, we have, we're still looking for sure. forward to Moose Jaws. Oh, right, right, moose right. Jaws
1: is you know, it's it's Jaws, <laughs> but with the moose, that's right? The, that's if the exact explanation. Is it shot? Is it? I have no idea. He's talked about this ever since Tusk. Next okay, is Moose, okay. ne- next up is Moose Jaws. <laughs> so, okay, interesting. What I know is Lionsgate seems to like him, so I mean, he, he'll keep getting the chances to do things, and I hope it you know. I hope it t- it's weird because like he's so pr- here's the thing I think the blu-ray of Clark 3 is fantastic it has two great documentaries on it it like mm. that really show him, the work that he's putting in it has a great commentary that's fun just like for me ball rats is funnier than the movie to some degree mm. Um, so it's like I-, I know he's putting the effort in. I just yeah. I wish the the output the output was better, but but Aaron um, you
2: can't you can't deny that this is better than like his last five movies. No? It's
1: better. It's better than *Jade* of Bob* reboot. It's better than *Yoga yes. Hosers*. It's better yes. than *Tusk*. Like yes, yes, you're not wrong. See what I mean. <laughs> It's the it's the kind of thing where, like, he respects his signature franchise enough where, yeah, it's not a bomb. It's just...
2: Well, I, because, because when I watched the the time about Reboot, I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, my God. Is. And I was worried that that's what Clark 3 was going to be. Like, another I, one of these, like, overly ridiculous, dumb things. And I was like, thank goodness it wasn't that. Yeah, super.
1: it's... For me, it's not... It's less good in different ways than Reboot. Reboot's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a bad movie. Like, yeah. but this is... I, again, I think the script is solid. I wish the I wish the Kevin Smith that directed Clerks two made the, the directed the movie Ooh. that's Clerks three, because I think Clerks two is well directed by Yeah, comparison. yeah. Like here is my my there is like there is a scene in the middle where he has this addition and he has all these like cameos from a bunch of people. Oh uh, right right. And it's like in inher- like that's not inherent that's inherent, that's that's it's funny as far as I like what he's trying to do here. But the way it's shot makes all of them look the worst they've ever looked on film. And I'm like, you you must be able to see this as a director. And that's the kind of thing that just kept bugging me. There's just weird choices as far as his direction goes. Where it's like, I know you're better than this. I've seen you do that. And it it just, it shouldn't be a regression when you're, you know, (laughs) nearly 30 years into your career as a filmmaker. Yeah. But the script is good, so I can't deny this. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> it, it does have tons of heart, and it's like weirdly, I'm in the minority. Like it's got it's it's a well-reviewed movie for the most part. It's fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, something that he hasn't heard since for a while. Yeah. So since maybe what Red State, maybe is fresh. Maybe
2: I guess so. Because <laughs> I, I keep thinking I'm like, when was the last good movie he made? I don't know. It's
1: either that or Zack and Miri, as far as like getting you know better than <laughs> better than bad reviews.
2: Yeah and I the the amount of times they make the porno joke in this clerks 3 was like clearly a riff on he should not have made that it seemed like mm-hmm. even though I don't know why I thought it was good but it was also like it bombed so miserably that it, I forget what happened to it, it I think well, it, it's was a, like, it was a it was a Weinstein weird. thing
1: it's the it's the fact that the because of the title the ads couldn't run to like after 9 p.m.
2: Oh, right, 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 right. There's a big thing about it. But biz. I also thought that everyone, like, wanted more out of it. And then, like, you saw it and you're like, wait, this is it. Because it was it. a big, you know,
1: it's Kevin Smith making a Seth. Right. Ro- it's like, those two combined? That, could, that should be amazing. And then right, it comes right. out, for some reason, on Halloween... And does terrible. <laughs> and it's like what? But that's what I mean. All the the biggest star in comedy couldn't have a ob- above twenty million dollar opener. Kevin Smith's yeah, the fault. Yeah. Like that's the problem. So.
2: But I feel like that was all the riffs in the in this movie were like them being like wink wink. This movie, we actually we get it. We're with you guys. Like we probably shouldn't have made this.
1: I don't know. It was interesting. Well, it's also a very similar movie as far as two people working yeah, in a exactly. store make a movie. Yeah. Like I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's not it's drawing a lot
2: from the same well here. True, true. So, what have you seen, Aaron? What have you? What is your recent watches? Uh,
1: well, I watched Clerks three fourteen times, so I'm really prepared for this guy. No, oh, okay, I, uh, okay. I, I saw a few things this week. I saw finally, I saw All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, the German uh, update. Yeah, a, a film that's very much on your side.
2: Uh, <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> I saw it here, by the way, with fellow Germans. <laughs> uh, but this movie is uh great.
1: Um, that's not surprising. It's just more of just w- waiting for the time to see it. Uh, um, my lovely girlfriend, she saw it and she absolutely loved it. And um, I think this movie's really, really good too. Um, it's very well shot; like it looks fantastic. The way it updates the story to you know focus on soldiers within the war specifically, and like what specifically young soldiers and what they're going through and how meaningless the German it is. side of it, yeah, from the German side, yeah, I. Mm-hmm. It's really well put together. Like it's not a surprise to see it showing up on so many short lists and stuff. Like I I would not be surprised if it makes it into some, you know, major categories when it comes to like the Oscars, just given what it's doing. Um and how intensely focuses it is on how to accomplish that things. So yeah, yeah, that's it's pretty solid, uh to say the least. Yeah.
3: Um
1: And I didn't I didn't get to see it in theater, but I watched it on my 4K and it's like, this looks amazing.
2: <laughs> like this yeah. is such a good looking movie. Yeah. Um like really good looking like the really mud pit, good i was like this is disgustingly accurate like yes. I'm, I'm i'm i know this is the goal of the movie was to be like this is war how, how war really is i was like geez this is mm-hmm. so the, the, the production design on this is incredible it
1: has some great uh facial mud acting
2: yeah. I, I really i really enjoyed yes. that quite a bit yes
1: um give that there's the oscar right there um i also watched the pale blue eye have you seen mm. this one yet
2: no we're 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 deciding whether to watch it or not, and then we keep reading everyone's mixed to negative reviews. and we're like, eh. well,
1: <laughs> there's two things that
2: Scott Cooper knows how
1: to do. One is get great performances out of his actors, specifically Christian Bale okay. this is the third film they made together. Yeah, uh, the other thing he's really good at doing is making boring movies out of interesting premises. Um it's yes. um, i I don't know why it's hard to like follow Sleepy Hollow in the realm of, like, you know, period murder mysteries but like that's the one that seems to like get it and then you have like from hell or the raven or this movie which is very similar to the raven um where you have a murder mystery and young edgar Allan poe and this guy that christian bale's playing all of those seem like oh that's ingredients for a fun genre flick set in a certain time and it's just way too long and there's like a point like where this you feel like the movie's pretty much ended and then there's 45 minutes left in the movie <laughs> it's like what? what? So it, like but christian bale is very good as i expect and henry melling um you know Dudley he's great again <laughs> too like he's consistently being great in things and he's really good here as edgar Allan poe. he's he mm. makes a compelling poe i just wish the movie surrounding these characters was better and not slow and uninteresting Um, uh, so it's a it's there
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is this is why i haven't watched it but i also want to watch it because the, the the most interesting thing to me is the cinematography like it's so cold and yeah apparently well every shot is like well framed and cooper's set up good at atmosphere absolutely. as well like I think, and i was uh... like i want to watch this i just don't want to sit through what you just described like i'm like yeah don't i have to sit through this just to enjoy the cinematography i don't but
1: know it, like antlers was the same way Where like it's a really good looking movie and jesse plemons and Harry Russell are very good in it, but the movie itself is like this is a really boring horror movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, other things I saw last two. Uh, the old way. This is the Nicolas Cage Western. His first oh, Western. Right. Right. Yeah his first western western he's done like neo-western like like prisoners of Ghostland is like a weird western in its own way uh but old way it's his western it's okay um cage is in the zone i like the 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 general premise involves he used to be like a you know a murderous gunslinger and now he's become a just a you know a a guy on a farm with a wife and a kid the wife gets killed and so he and the kid go on a like a journey to bring justice to why um it's a pretty simple setup um Cage is good. The movie itself is like... It's not like a DTV, like, bad Nicolas Cage movie. It's just like, ah, it's not really doing too much that's innovative beyond just getting to see Cage ride a horse. So, it's fine. Um, The last thing I watched, though, uh, Ega. Have you seen Ega?
2: Ega? This is
1: the... 2012 film from director SS Rajamouli the director of RRR.
2: Oh okay okay no. It not. is
1: great. <laughs> um mm-hmm. it is a another telugu language film. It's currently on Netflix now at least in America. Um it tell it's a revenge comedy where a housefly is the lead star of the film. Oh awesome. It is great. <laughs> as I've already said. Wow. It's very funny and very creative. You basically have a innocent man who's murdered for being in love with someone that somebody else is also in love with and the man comes back as a fly and gets revenge and the fact that this is so compelling (laughs) like it's a two hour and 15 minute movie and the fact that it it very much has effects that are effects and not at all convincing as far as real photo real yet you are so invested in this story (laughs) and it's so funny in the way it has like set pieces that really work to show this fly versus a man. And you might be thinking, does like the fly talk or whatnot, or there's subtitles for the fly? No, none. It it Mm. creates it so earnestly as if like there's just an actual fly that's causing a lot of problems. And it's very funny. Uh, sounds it, great it, it really <laughs> is and i'm it's, in it's really solid <laughs> it's one that's obviously a big fan of rrr i was like well yes finally let me see some other roger Williams. and this one completely delivered so uh certainly recommend it awesome
2: and it sounds like it could be a double feature with this uh this other fly movie recently um from uh the rubber guy what
1: <laughs> why am i so oh, forget- oh, oh, oh oh i saw that yeah that's like from last year um what's it called that movie's that movie was really funny <laughs>
2: Yeah, I know. I'm like, why are we blanking on the title for this when we should know? Oh, it? what's it called? You know, oh, that's gonna bug uh, me.
1: For what's Quinton? Mandibles, mandibles. Yeah, that yeah. movie. That
2: movie also really a perfect. fly movie that yes. they treat earnestly with the fly who doesn't talk, but kind it's of. It's just a them.
1: giant fly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's so cool. <laughs> it's really funny. This, is a, this is, if I would if I owned the cinema, I would totally do a double feature of these two. This sounds that, great. It would
1: it would be entirely fitting, just the the international awesome. fly film festival. <laughs>
2: This is cool. I, I didn't know about this. Now I'm going to check it out.
1: Yeah, it's it's really solid. Okay, that's enough for these DM. Let's move on now. Let's get to some trailer talk. We're talking about some of the movies, tra- movie trailers of the week when they're coming out, what we thought of them, what have you. This week we have another face-off round. Uh, we're going to put two films against each other in our trailers. Uh, these are both coming out in April. We have the trailers for Evil Dead Rise and Renfield. So... Evil Dead Rise is the latest Evil Dead film. I believe set in the the Evil Dead reboot. They're all set like the same I don't know if this matters, but they're all set in like the <laughs> same universe to some degree, I guess, if that matters, but this one um is set in a an apartment rise complex, like a you know, an apartment building. Um, and wouldn't you know it, it, seems like somebody gets their hands on the Book of the Dead, and uh, it's going to make things uh, really difficult for this LA apartment where there's a mother raising like a few kids and uh terrible things occur. Uh, Renfield is a a new take on Dracula where Nicholas Holt plays Renfield, the servant of Dracula, who is quickly becoming fed up with this toxic relationship he has with his boss and mentor. Uh, Count Dracula, played by of course Nicholas Cage. Um, so uh, between these two films,
2: Alex, I want to know which are, which is the one that you're more interested in. Honestly, they look so good, both of them, in ways that I wasn't expecting. That it's a hard battle; like it's not an easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, this looks like crap, and this looks like good. But um, I will say the one that edges out over the other for me because uh, when I watched this trailer, I was like, "This is awesome!" Is Evil Dead Rise? Like mm-hmm. I will say controversially and someone's going to throw an egg at me for saying this I did not really like the Evil Dead 2013 remake much. I don't know why Um, I mean I do know why but I don't like I haven't revisited it since then so it's kind of like it just didn't scare me or do anything for me and I also I love Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness and I've wanted that kind of campier tone more and this looks like it nails that this looks like the Evil Dead 2 into 3 thing that Raimi should have made and hasn't that i've been hoping for where it's like scary and gross and horrifying but also amusing and remarkably in this one trailer paying homage to like 10 other horror movies in in here which means that it's not it's 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 exactly what i think sam raimi was doing with his first few movies was paying homage to the the genre like the crazy genre stuff that was around at that time and yet making something campy and fun and and genuinely scary and i watched this and i was like yes like, I have a feeling this might even be on people's top ten list if it's as good as this trailer promises. Um, so at least from the trailer, I'm, like, leaning towards Evil Dead Rise. But I will say that I think Renfield looks great, and I think it's going to be super fun. And it, it's not at all what I was expecting, but I think it's going to be a blast. I, um, while I like Evil Uh-oh. Dead, the, I like I like the Evil
1: Dead remake more than you, I agree with everything you just said. Like, it is very <sighs> much, it, <laughs> it it is very much, like, both of these, I very much want to see. I mean, he—I've I've been going this podcast. No, I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. I like the whole trilogy. I like, yeah, yeah, like all Evil Dead media. I'm a big fan of mainly because it's been consistently pretty great. Like the comics are good, the games are good, the um, the TV series was really fun. Like I like Evil Dead. So like getting a new movie where once again Sam Raimi, Rob Tappert, and Bruce Campbell are very heavily involved. Yeah, like I'm, <laughs> I have no reason to be against this. I. uh... I'm surprised you think it feels more like two in Army of Darkness as opposed to one. Like It does feel just more like a straight horror movie as opposed to having a sense of humor to it. I, no, could, but, be, but the, I could be I wrong. Agree,
2: but. No, I agree, but the cheese grater moment was like, they know that that's a tongue-in-cheek thing. Like, yeah, it's freaking horrifying and no one wants to be cheese grated, but also you're like, this is a huge wink in a in a a dark laugh that they're playing, and if that's the hint of what's going to be in this, then I'm like, there's got to be more of that too. Fair also, enough. the the mom, like when she's at the door, like giving her like weird speech, you're like this isn't meant to be pure horror. This is also meant to be kind of funny and in an awkward funny way.
1: I would just say the the Evil Dead does do those things. Like it's certain, like it's le- it's less Three Stooges for sure, but it does mm-hmm. have like its moments of the dead are just fucking with Ash. <laughs> like that's a big yeah, part. Of, yeah, yeah. That's a big part of the series in general. The dead are not just. They're not just evil dead. They're like fuck. They're like pranksters. <laughs> they love yeah. to get the mess around. But I hear you. Regardless, I hear you. I, I
2: this is the series, right? You're talking about. I've never seen it. No, I mean, I mean the the oh the original, the original. franchise in general. Uh, like the dead okay, okay, just okay.
1: like to mess yeah. with people beyond just being yes murderous.
2: <laughs> yes, but that's what I want. That's what I. That's mm. like the for sure. I, there's plenty of horror f- movies that are straight horror that I'm like, give me something campy and fun. I mean, this is we'll get to this with Megan, but this is that's what I kind of enjoy in addition to all the for straight sure. pure messed up horror out there. Yeah, so like
1: obviously I'm looking forward to Evil Dead. Like but I I will speak up for Renfield, because I I would agree with you here like I also didn't this didn't look like what I expected it to and yet I'm still very really intrigued by what's going on here. Um it's directed by Chris McKay who did the uh, the Lego Batman movie and did that the what the Tomorrow War which I quite liked. <laughs> I was surprised how much I liked that movie. Um but now he's got this more it's It has, it's not that it's more of a comedy than I expected, but there's more, there's anything there, if there's anything, it's more like, there's more action than I expected, yeah. based on this trailer, as far yeah. as Nicholas Holt has like moves, and like, he's fighting people and stuff, it's like, okay, yeah. this is a
2: Redfield that, that kicks ass, apparently. Yeah, And he gets these powers, I'm like, oh, he has powers? Yeah, and then like he explains that's... in one scene, he's like, oh, my Dracula gave them, and I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, I, Where are we I was, going with this? They're
1: so like, yeah, I want to know what that's supposed to be, but at the yeah. same time, and his movies barely touched on it, but obviously Nicolas Cage Cage's Dracula is something that we're all really interested in, like whatever that's going to be. That said, I see this poster and it's like, are those his own rings? <laughs> like did he bring <laughs> own no rings to this movie? Um, but no, I, I, this looks like a lot of fun and in the realm of Dracula. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to have a, a fun time with Count Dracula for, for a change in pace. I, I want to yeah. see what that is, uh, especially because I know there's, there's, one of two Dracula movies coming out in August. There's the the last of the Demeter, which I'm mm. very interested in as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I I'm very much sure it's going to be a more serious approach to a, a version of Dracula. Uh, but regardless, uh, Evil Dead Rise opens in theaters on uh, April 21st. Renfield opens in theaters on April 7th.
2: So, no, it's a re- it's a real battle there too. Mm-hmm. Which which horror comedy will win the yeah. April <laughs> month? We'll see. Um. So yeah.
1: All right, well that's trailer talk let's move on now let's get to it let's get to our main review for megan
3: i designed megan to protect katie from feeling lonely she will recognize you as her primary user and when you do that you're gonna pair with her crazy it's insane right oh don't i look nice batting my eyes isn't it pure perfection megan your goal is to protect Katie from harm, both physical and emotional. One, two, three, four, I declare that I won't let anything harm you. I love her. Megan's not a person, Katie. You don't get to say that. I me, hear be my love. Megan. What are you doing? Couldn't sleep. Occupational hazard.
1: <laughs> Alright, that should have been some of the trailer for Megan. Working from a story developed by Akila Cooper and producer James Wan, Gerard Johnston directs Megan. The story of a roboticist who creates an artificially intelligent doll with, to help her niece, Katie, whom she's recently gained custody of following a car crash that killed the parents. The doll in question is a Model 3 generative android, a.k.a. Megan, who seems to work well enough at first, assisting where needed. However, as the doll learns and evolves, it also means having a more sinister approach to protecting Katie at all costs. Alex, are you a fan of the Evil Doll brand of film, and what did you think of
2: Megan? Ooh, two different questions here. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fan of the original Child's Play. Should we, should we should we cover this real quickly before we get into Megan, or should I just go straight to Megan? It's, I really it, love yeah, Megan, it, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just a brief. You know, do, do you do like Evil Doll movies? You know, is that, is that a, is well, that a other
2: film? than Child's Play, how many others are there? I mean, I guess there's more. I'm not. There's thinking.
1: only so many, but I mean, yeah. If you but hear the, original, the concept of Evil Doll, are you like, yeah, I'm in?
2: No, (laughs) because because I'm not, I'm not into dolls or any of that anyway, but that's why I compliment the child's play series. Cause I'm like the child's play series is great. Like, yes, it is super sinister. As a kid, my brother and I, that was like our go-to when we needed some like really messed up horror shit because um, I think it's the third one, right? Where they go to this like military camp Yes, and I've, I've forever been traumatized by the finale of it where, uh, Chucky switches out their guns to real guns, and they think they're playing with uh, paintballs. And mm-hmm. then they end up shooting people. And I was like, "Man, this fucking brutal!" Yes. Like Chucky's a bastard, man. He really hates these people. And forever, forever is unable to kill the one kid, but then kills lots of other people in the process. Yep. Um, well, he
1: he wants to possess the one kid, but well, yeah. at, that, at that point, he's not. He's trying to kill Andy too, so never mind. <laughs> well, it's
2: just it's just like it. it my biggest complaint is that as much as i enjoy and even though i the second and third one are pretty cheesy not as good as the original after those three i like have zero interest in the child's play series and i I actually have never even seen the others because i'm just like it's not my jam at all
1: what are you doing wait a minute hold on here before
2: we get to our (laughs) our mega discussion no i don't want to talk because i don't the the girl chucky has always bothered me Am I allowed to say that, or am I kicked off the show now?
1: But if you haven't even seen *Bride of Chucky*, what do you say?
2: <laughs> I I saw. When did it come out? I was like ninety eight. Ninety eight. I because I just remember the marketing being so thick with her, like, you know, constant TV spots and trailers that I just could not jive with her. You know, I don't want the performance or whatever it is. The way they. Had that character exist in her comedy and her look, like all of it was just off putting to me to a point where I'm like, I've seen enough from the trailers. I, I do not even want to see this movie. And I yes, mean, you're this... right. I can't comment on the movie, but still.
1: Uh, I'll, well, I'll say, I'll wrap this up because we got to talk about me. <laughs> but like, for one thing, you're blaming marketing, not the movie itself, which yeah, <laughs> is yeah, very yeah, good. True, but, 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 but regardless of this, after that, you get Seed of Chucky. That's a low point. It's whatever. But then you get Cult and Curse of Chucky, which are kind of amazing. And then you have the really? TV series now, yes, which continues that continuity. Like Chucky Right Now is my favorite slasher series just because it's kept this thing going at a very consistent pace. <laughs> like it's really solid.
2: I don't know. I knew I was gonna get in trouble saying this, but it's just like I and that's my thing. That's actually something I want to talk about with Megan, so I'll wait to get back to it. Well, but, let's talk about so Megan. Preface, yes, is- I I my well, here's my transition into Megan. I sure. think Megan is the best child's play movie since the original Child's Play. Okay. Um which is obviously based on what you just told me about the rest of the Child's Play series, not your <laughs> belief here, or maybe, maybe, but nonetheless, I feel like my disinterest in the rest of the Child's Play series has been like returned in a way where I got tired of it and the whole concept of, a, of an evil doll because I thought they, you know, explored it enough in those first three movies for me, and that this is kind of like the I wasn't excited about it. And then I saw it and was like, this is awesome. This is exactly the kind of update on what I want for an evil doll movie, which is not only it's like technology driven, but um, Megan as a character is also just as sinister and as much of a bastard as, as, uh, as Chucky is actually perhaps not as much because she needs to evolve into her sinister phase. <laughs> like she's getting there by the end, but uh-huh. also you're like, okay, she's, she's, you know, in a in a more humorous way than Chucky enjoyable as this like messed up villain that you're like okay yeah I dig her I'm not really rooting for her but you're also kind of like she's so cool in this movie in a horrible way you're like yeah bring it on and I had a such a great time watching this I laughed a lot which has been a nice relief from so many dark movies recently that it's like nice to enjoy something that's it's funny to say that watching her murder people is fun but it was fun um, in that way where you're like this is great this is what I want out of messed up absurd in and wildly fun horror comedy cinema and and then the biggest thing that we should talk about is that i cannot believe it's bg-13 blows my mind
1: i will say this in connection to the <laughs> child's play segue that you've built okay. Um, okay i like megan a whole lot more than the child's play remake that came out um mm. for pretty, pretty specific reasons one oh, is right. like, it was like yeah it's Sorry. it's not nearly as mean-spirited as that movie was, which is not something I'm inherently against, but it's more I like that Megan, the way she's dealing out certain bits of violence comes to people that the movie constructs as ones that deserve it in the realm of a film, uh, with like one exception. Um, (laughs) Yeah, the
2: dog. The dog didn't deserve it. Yeah,
1: it was a mean dog, but still. Um, (laughs) Don't you! (laughs) But but I, I like that Megan seems to it knows how to, like, it's not really trying to surprise anyone, I feel. Like, I don't think, you know, Kaley Cooper and James Wan are like, oh, we're really going to catch him off guard with this thing. I think, like, every beat of this movie is very telegraphed, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because the tone of it, like you've said, I think the the camp value that comes from this doll and what they're doing with it and just the nature of the story, I think it lends itself to being as much a comedy as it is a horror movie, a dark comedy for Mm -hmm. sure, but one that Mm -hmm. certainly isn't taking itself very seriously. Um, At the same time, I think it does be able to, it it knows how to traffic in ideas involving, you know, grief as well as over reliance on technology. uh, That is, you know, interesting enough without being like force fed on you as some kind of like, Mm -hmm. we also need to learn a big lesson here. It's just more of, well, we have some substance, but like, it's really about, you know, crazy things Megan does and the soundtrack and whatnot. So it's like, I, the movie, like, I wouldn't say it's, for me, one that's, like, uh, you know, brilliant, but it's very entertaining. Um, it has a lot of good going for it and the kind of the 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 use that it gets out of Megan. And it's, you know, it's, it's for a hundred minute movie. It's very, it's, you know, it has that entertainment throughout. Like, I'm never yeah. sitting there being like, when are we going to get to the good stuff? Like, I think there's just a lot of, like, consistent fun in this movie.
2: Yeah, I agree. I I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. I thought I was just going to be like middle of the road. Like, oh, that was okay. I was like, this is great. Like, man, I I walked out of the theater like with a smile on my face, which is not so common these days. Yeah, I... I, I can't say that I'm like over the moon for it, but I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a January
1: release, Aaron. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I completely agree there. No, for a January <laughs> horror release, it's in the it's in the upper end is in recent yeah. years uh, compared to you know like what the devil inside or whatever the hell else yeah. out, that comes that usually starts the year. Like last year, we got the the screen movie, which was pretty solid. But uh, I yeah, this is in the the higher end when it comes to those mm-hmm. kind of films. I'm curious, what did you think of, like, the design of this movie? Did you find, like, here's, here's the thing when it comes to these, like, killer doll things. One issue that I have with these kinds of movies is oftentimes the toys or whatever, they seem evil from the outset. Like, you take one look at the thing and you're like, well, of course it's evil. I think this does a good job of balancing the... This could exist, and you couldn't necessarily be creeped out. And then, like, well, you know, take one step to the left, and suddenly it's a creepy doll. Did you yeah. find the doll like inherently creepy,
2: or what? No, because I was more intrigued by how a toy maker could make such a lifelike doll to begin with. Uh-huh. It was less the, it was less the scariness to me of it, like. You know, the, the plot point in it where he, uh, where the, her team is supposed to be designing a cheaper pet doll anyway, mm-hmm. was interesting when she, when, when she designs like what is at least a thousand dollars a piece, lifelike, you know, near exact same size as the kid who buys it doll. Mm-hmm. And her face like you said can easily turn evil but as an initial thing i was like oh okay i can buy this i can There's buy a this world
1: where with... this works right yeah. yeah
2: yeah it does and i and i can buy it in a way where i'm like she she i'm impressed by the performance because it clearly seems like a real human below but whatever they did vfx wise i'm like it also seems like a fake thing mm-hmm. i don't know how they did it but it was really impressive how they made her feel both real and fake at the same time So that's what i was more fascinated by than her, like, is she horror? Is she evil from the start? And I mean, I think, I think, Aaron, the problem with a lot of movies nowadays is I've seen enough of the trailers that like, I'm expecting her to be evil. I'm already there in my mind and just kind of like waiting for that moment when she turns.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hear you there at the same, like the thing I always go to is the Poltergeist remake where Mm. in the original movie, there's like a clown and it's not necessarily scary. It's only when this clown starts doing stuff when it's scary. The Poltergeist remake, like, the poster is the damn clown doll, and it's like, well, yeah, of course this is evil. Look at the fucking clown. <laughs> it yeah, looks terrifying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, there's not there's no surprise there. And yeah. it's like, yeah, we walked into Megan, we know what movie we're getting, but I do like the pains it goes through to present Megan as a you know, a doll that would, that could, yeah, that would generate interest in a child that would work that yeah. way. I do think And I like...
2: Yeah, no, I I agree with you, and I like the establishment early on in the the scene when they're kind of first testing it, and she has that like weird evil smirk. Yeah, and you it establishes in this way where it's like it's like what you're saying, it's like she can easily turn evil, but that's like it was almost like a programming mistake. Mm-hmm. But you're like, oh, okay, it's in her, but also that's their mistake as the designers. And then when they kind of finalize the first version of it, you're like, oh, she does look so playful and nice and. You know, I I was more curious in the first half whether they would play up her effectiveness as a pal with the girl she befriends. Like, how does that dynamic work? Is it convincing in that her friend benefits something from, you know, this doll and, and the the realistic stuff? And I thought the writing with her dialogue in the first half like her ai dialogue of how she responds to this kid was good enough for me to believe for the first few scenes that like this was a genuine creation it's not too smart it's not instantly evil and i can believe their friendship to the point where like oh they're so bonded that that she's going to defend her by death pretty quickly and i believe that like the other question about believability with this is does this girl um what's her name katie Mm-hmm. uh does she is she convinced that this is not an evil doll for the time she's having her like she has to because part of the plot is her being like no no no, no she's my friend she's not evil doll how could she do these things like she gets and it's really like, intense about it so. yeah but i'm saying like for for most of it i was like pretty convinced that yeah she would she would get it like i mean the lifelike stuff is still weird to me how she goes from like a furry furby thing to like a completely lifelike doll and doesn't think twice about it but hey it it was played in a way performance wise that everything seemed legit. And I really, this is to to get myself in trouble again. This is why I don't like the bride of Chucky look because that one seems so weird and ugh to me that this is like, Oh, this is a female doll that turns evil that I'm not instantly disgusted by when I look at it, not from like a beauty standpoint, but from a, what you were talking about, like the, mm-hmm. do you instantly believe she's evil design element? I'll just say it factors into the plot when it comes to. Uh, <laughs> this is why someone's going to send me an angry <laughs> email to watch Bride of Alice. How dare you criticize it?
1: What did you think of these human performances? You have Allison Williams and you have Violet McGraw as, as Katie, and then you have Ronnie Chung as the very hungry CEO. <laughs> uh did you did you like the, the
2: these various Yeah, characters? yeah, I really did. I thought Allison Williams was great. It she's a reminder uh I I always thought she was just like a pretty girl who wasn't good and then after um Get Out you're like, "Oh, okay, she actually can act." And this thing was another reminder. I was like, "Dang, she's really good. Like she knows what she's doing and um handles it with grace." I mean, there's always the question of like is she too pretty to be a nerdy girl? Which I'm. someone's going to send me an angry email about this too. But like, it, it, I believe it pretty well that she's this nerdy, disconnected kind of single woman um, in opposition to her sister. And then uh, I also thought Ronnie Chang was great because he's, he's like, he's the yelling guy from his comedy background. Mm-hmm. But in here it's used in an evil, like not evil, but in a horror way where I'm like, excellent. Like I love his kind of angry, pissed off CEO character because it's exactly that balance of, yeah, he's yelling, but you're also like laughing at his yelling. (laughs) It's the kind of
1: thing where like I this is why I can't take the movie too seriously because it's like his his lines are constructed like every dialogue he has constructed as a build up to a one liner. Like, there's no there's no there's no real there's no version of this person that exists because he's too he's too cleverly evil. Yeah. it's too cleverly menacing in how he presents like his you know various put downs or insults or whatever as far as getting you know people that need to get the job done but yeah. at the same time it's like well that's the character this is a genre movie like it. Yeah, it need- exactly. that's the camp like it needs this kind of a persona by the time you get to when he and Megan have an interaction it's like yeah okay this makes a lot of sense
0: <laughs> so. yeah
2: no I thought he I thought they used him nicely like it's an example of uh, a director can either use the right actor in a role where it he lets his flaws and strength shine and this was a great example of that with with him i really thought he did a good job i don't know i i don't have any negative criticisms about the performances really even the girl was solid she's good yeah.
1: she's she gets so intense <laughs> over the bond yeah. with megan which is which is interesting just the way it like you know, she like she slaps uh, Williams at one point. It's like, geez, this girl's serious. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna ask you, you mentioned the the
2: fact that this movie did you mention the fact that the movie's PG thirteen? Yes, yes, yes. Let's talk about I, that. Cause I watched it and I didn't know. I do not we don't have MPAA over here in Germany. So I okay. didn't think about it. I just thought this was an R-rated horror movie. And I my first and like only real not only criticism, but one of my biggest ones was like oh, there's not a lot of intense violence in this movie the way I expect normal horror. Like, mm-hmm. there's, like, three or four main, spoiler, major deaths, and they're all kind of, like, you know, like, the first one we can say, because it's so early and it's not a big reveal on the plot, is, like, when she pushes this other kid mm-hmm. into the car. And I was like, that's brutal, but I'm like, eh. It was like, eh, you know, you don't even see it. And then I got out of it, and someone was like, oh, it's PG-13. I was like, wait, what? No way. And then I'm like, oh, that explains why it's not as gory and violent as i expected and then i think back to it i'm like how do they get away with a lot of this violence that if it's pg-13 because it's like the, the 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 a couple of the other kills i'm like this is intense and horrifying how she what she does yeah or
0: sure. how it
2: happens that and was... yet mm-hmm. they they must have worked with the mpa to craft it and like oh you can show this scene for a half a second <laughs> you know and you can show this but you can't show that and somehow make it work and then i'm like man that's pretty damn good that they made this pg-13 and still made it a like genuinely horrifying in these kills horror movie i don't know it really impressed me
1: i know um there was an interview this where yeah this past week that came out about the fact that it was pg-13 and that the filmmakers believe that it's scarier because of the fact that it's pg-13 compared Mm. to the r-rated version that's more gory but has to work with you know, you know like the thing with this is that the you know you have to make a lot of edits right to get it yeah, course, to be yeah. a certain way and i can like i wouldn't necessarily say i was scared by this movie i wouldn't necessarily say it would be better because if it was r i do think yes because you have to dance around certain things you can use a lot of implication with pg th- with the pg13 rating based mm-hmm. on editing choices that i can understand why one would think it's a scarier movie because it's less about showing you and more about you know implying a certain kind of impact which can be mm-hmm. just as intense in that mm-hmm. regard you know instead of just giving a certain kind of payoff you instead build up to a thing and then your mind does the work and i get mm-hmm. that i like i said i don't think it necessarily benefits from being one way or the other i think it you know it 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 works as is um, i don't think i necessarily needed to see more you know gore yeah, to get I myself agree, like I on a higher that. plane here um but i do think yeah it's a pretty it's a heavy PG, th- it's an R13 as a friend yeah, yeah, Scott Mendelssohn sure. likes to say it does the work as far as being a film that can be brutal if you think about what's actually taking place with some of these scenes.
2: Yeah, it's uh, only on the violence and I mm. I, I don't know, I don't think, I'm curious if a 13 year old kid would like be traumatized by it because like you said, there's so much horror in the implication of it but I think to, to your point, I'm glad that the PG-13 doesn't detract from what it is. There yeah. are too many films that like Try to be an R-rated film. I think another great example of this was the the other Sam Raimi one. Um even though everyone likes it, the Grudge. Um, no uh uh the Allison Lohman one from like Drag Me to Hell? Yes. Because that one they infamously tested both versions and uh-huh. they had to figure out what to do. And I think they released the PG-13 version yes. and I found it way too tame for you know, a Raimi movie. I'm like, Raimi, you gotta let it out. You're the evil dead dude. Like, let it out, you know? And I felt that was really tamed by the PG-13. Whereas this, thankfully, I don't feel like is tamed. And I don't know if it's just a difference in, what is it, 15 years or so since the two films have been released. Like, maybe the MPA is a little bit more lenient with violence now, which is maybe not a good thing based on what's happening in America. But nonetheless, it doesn't feel as tame as I was expecting for PG-13. That's why I was so shocked to realize that was the rating. Fair enough. You don't seem to agree. I don't know. <laughs> well, because I, because I,
1: there's a, on home release, there's a, there's the, right, the theatrical cut of a dragon to hell and there's the oh, unrated okay, cut. Okay, okay. And I am not a fan of the unrated cut because it has a lot of just CG gore added and it's not good. <laughs> so, like, well,
2: that, but that maybe just speaks to that film wasn't good. In general it's well just... i think the, the middle is amazing so <laughs> right. you know, it's okay, okay, it's, okay. it's
1: exactly at the intensity point that Ramy can do it just doesn't have like a lot of blood in it by comparison right, 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 right. but that's a different story uh with this movie yeah i like you said like yeah it doesn't it doesn't need more of a thing to make it more effective i don't believe yeah, yeah, like, I, yeah I can I see guess. certain you know gore hounds or certain audiences being like oh we should have you know seen more of this person getting impaled by something or what have you, but eh, I'm, I there's one part where certain people could have been eviscerated to some degree and <laughs> they're not, and I'm like, I want there's a version of this where I'm like they probably would have died, <laughs> like, and it would have, and we could have like seen or like someone's being strangled in a way, and it's like there's another version of this movie where it doesn't go as well for that person, I imagine, yeah, and I was.
2: I was wondering, uh, are we allowed to talk about this kind of spoiler, but I was like, I was wondering, do they have a point after that scene? Like, are they necessary after that? Because I know they reappear at some point in the end being like, oh, hey! And I was like, wait, they didn't die? Like, But that's that's the point, it's like, if they would have died would it have affected anything narratively after that i don't know i don't i don't think so but it it
1: it'll, it'll, it'll affect the sequel megan's um which <laughs> yeah. is bound to be happening because this movie just opened with like a 30 million uh, domestic opening yeah. uh, so it's a it's on its way to it's a blumhouse film so you know it, it's already doubled its budget <laughs> like it's, it's doing fine. well
2: i hate to say this because it make me sound evil but one of the things i thought in relation to this pg-13 now that i was thinking about it is like i'm more excited for the sequel because i hope there's more deaths and killing like i hope there's more i wanted to see megan let loose in like a full-on you know she just slashes people left and right kind of way and and that's why i was kind of like well i don't mind it for this film because as we just talked about it it's it's great for what it is but i'm also like i hope in the sequel they let her go and just you know really wreak havoc but of course, now that it made so much money as a PG thirteen, they'll probably make the sequel PG thirteen too. I'm not. I wouldn't expect them to change it. I don't know. Sure,
1: but I, 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 I won't put it past them as far as the potential that they can explore. There's, there's yeah, something yeah, there. Yeah. Uh that being, that being said, this is a Blumhouse film. Did you, as we know, Blumhouse films tend to be fairly limited because that's how they use their budgets. How, how did you find the like? There's a number of sets in this movie. Just places yeah, they go. Yeah. How do you feel about the kind of the size and scope of this film?
2: Um, I mean, I think the I think the filmmakers are getting better and better because you can like throw in the establishing shot of Seattle and be like, oh, well, it's in this big city. Like the the fact that they go to this office, the toy office, quite a bit was interesting to me. But then they go to the toy office and then they spend most of the time in like her little room, which was clearly just a set, uh, her re- research room. Mm-hmm. And I and the home too was a good set. Um, and I thought. They did. Uh, this is what I like about Blumhouse is they're one of the best examples of minimal budget but making it feel pretty solidly big. It doesn't need to be like huge big but for what it is I was like again I was like okay this is great like I don't feel the I mean I, I sense it but it doesn't bother me in a way where I feel like oh they should have had more of a budget. I thought this is fine. And Blumhouse is great at it. If they can make a really solid entertaining movie on that budget and then make money off of it wh- what's the issue. I, I rarely encounter a Blumhouse movie where I'm like, they really needed a bigger budget. They do. Maybe it's just the way the production team and the producers work is that they're so good at it now and they know how, how to do it so well now that it just works pretty smoothly for most movies they make.
1: I would agree. I don't tend to parse it out as a way of judging Blumhouse films. Yeah, it course. does, you know, the ones that are lesser than you. you can certainly sometimes feel it just because it's like, Oh, really? Just into like these three places, huh? Um, but I do think, yeah, the ones that certainly have a higher level of quality to them or what have you, just because of the writing or what, to, like, it knows how to utilize what it has, so it doesn't make a difference because, well, why do I need to go all these places when I can just have this one? Like, it, it works. Yeah, exactly. This, But this movie, like you're saying, yeah, I believe it has the right kind of scope to it, where it does feel like they go places. It does feel like it has more than just two main locations. So, that's a uh, works in its favor. Um, this movie also we haven't emphasized enough. This movie's very funny at times. Yeah. Um, it has yeah. a lot of like dark there's a there's a scene where someone has died and there's like a cop who like presents it and also starts laughing a bit and then he goes, I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you did you enjoy like the dark
2: comedy of Megan? Yes. Yes, that was what I was enjoying the most about it. Is I was just like sitting, cause it was a press screen, so it wasn't full. So I was like sitting in my corner just cackling the whole movie, like, ha, Megan, you little, you know, ah, so good. I love her her quips and uh, you know, the like even the 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 one of my favorite jokes was the one where they were like explaining how Megan is improving her abilities and then um not using the screen and then she she drops it, like, come on, Katie moment. Like even that yeah. stuff was was good and humorous to me in a way where I'm like Yes, Megan gets it like and I don't know who to, I don't know who to compliment the the writing, the performance of Megan, the direction. I mean, maybe all of it deserves compliments for coming together so perfectly to establish her humor because it just works. And again, I, is PG-13 humor.
1: I, I do wonder where some of those gems come from, especially when it comes to like yeah. certain needle drops that cause Megan sings like I wonder if there's just, like, a writer's room where they're just like, what are some, like, crazy bits that she could do? Like, you know, obviously, the the thing that's become the meme thing, which is the dance, um, (laughs) which is entirely not necessary for this movie, in terms of who this is for, um, (laughs) because, like, Wait, why? Uh, but it happens, and it's like, well, it, this isn't not entertaining. Like, this like weird,
2: like, prepped up moment before murder time. I mean, it's just a lot of fun to be <laughs> having. Yeah, that's a good question, too. I remember I, a, a filmmaker I know told me a couple of years ago that uh, he said a streaming network, which shall not be named, actually crafts their movies with a, is it memeable, is it gifable angle? And, you know, we're saying how horrible that was. And so you take what you just said about this Megan dance. You're like, did did someone inside Blumhouse be like, oh, this is a great marketing thing and then figure out how to work in? Because obviously there's the scene earlier on where she learns how to dance Mm -hmm. and has that moment. So you're like, it's narratively justified, (laughs) but also isn't necessary for her to dance before she does what she does. But you're also like, I kind of love it anyway. <laughs> so did, like you're saying, who in who in Blumhouse or the filmmakers or how did this happen? And was this scene purely crafted out of, it's in the script or was it crafted out of someone at Blumhouse being like, this will be a great gift. You know, like, I don't and know.
1: I, and I mean, that's, I, I don't think that's, Pass beyond them to understand that because I, of course, because I, I, I've certainly you like, might even in my review I've written like despite how much I enjoyed this movie, it's very much a movie for the meme GIF culture. Mm. Uh That's not necessarily a bad thing, but like I get it, <laughs> I, I, I get, I get that there's if they wanted to create like a new horror icon to some degree, especially in the realm of killer dolls that exists since Universal has a few of those now. Um Yeah. That's, it's not, it's not hurting the movie in terms yeah. of its presence. Like it, like when the trailer came out, it immediately blocked in like a tons of millions of views. Right. Cause it just, people were just all into this. Mm-hmm. Um And so, you know, more power to them as far as finding a way to do it. And I guess power is what you have. um Amy Donald is I believe the, the performer of Megan and Jenna Davis is the voice of Megan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um They, they make, I mean, along with the visual effects involved for the head, like, yeah, they make it work. Like it does the job.
2: Yeah. Great. I don't Any know. Yet. They na- they nailed it in a way where I was like, I didn't expect them to nail it, and they did, and it's a blast. And I I don't know. What's All your right. question?
1: Well, I I think we've talked sufficiently
2: about. Well, I it. have one. Oh yeah. Wait, I have one. Well, no, no. no. There's more. Okay. No, I wrote I wrote this down because it was like my only real actual criticism with okay. it. Okay. In not a bad way, but something that was in my mind is that. The only thing I thought was kind of hazy is the from a script standpoint, I guess, is the actual intention or implications of Megan. Like, what is her goal? Because yeah. one of the things I thought was a bit strange is that if she kills everyone, what is she achieving? Like, if she kills her best friend's mom, what is she doing? Like, and what? And I, the reason I asked this is because you can't forget she is an AI doll who is supposedly learning more and more every day, every minute, every second. And learning how to better process it and how to better defend Katie and all of these things. Yet I'm like, at no point does she ever stop and analyze her own situation. And the the key to me was that all of her kills, while they're crafted in a way where she's getting away with them, like pushing the kid in front of the cars, she can say it wasn't her. Like, she had nothing to do with that. But at the same time, I was like, she doesn't seem smart enough as an AI doll to prepare to always be like she doesn't cover all of her tracks well enough for them to not eventually come around questioning her. And that was what was strange to me is I was like, is there no part of the writing in the second half that they could have analyzed it a little bit more with her AI to say, oh, she's going to set up everything tricky and sneaking away where it and she tr- she c- kind of does she but kind not of enough does. to. Me. Yeah. Yeah, but I still was thinking what is her end goal as a doll? Like as a killer doll, is she supposed to be smart enough to have an end goal is my point like what what is her purpose uh because i I thought okay maybe and this is just me riffing not really what i would see well you're fine
1: because i i agree with you this is why i don't like the movie as much as you because it doesn't have much beyond what it is (laughs) like it's it kind of stops exactly what you're saying it's like yeah and then what
2: i guess i would have thought that a better version of this smart ending would be instead of trying to kill uh, uh uh what's her name the the mom um gemma or the yeah sorry not the mom the, the surrogate mom the, uh, the replacement mom yeah, yeah. <laughs> um instead of trying to kill her she would have manipulated her to then which she does in the first half but not enough in the second half allow her to be like a part of the family still and and gemma would be like just the oh you 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 know like she, like she doesn't need to kill her i feel like that was a strange result of course maybe it was just because in the scenes they that she was going to get rid of her and whatever, but. I thought it would have been better for her the movie to end with like oh Megan is actually just this nice doll of this family and it's not their fault you know what I mean so that Megan could live on and go to do more and that was the only kind of hazy part about it to me is it and the reason this matters to me is because she's an AI doll and because they spend so much time using this kind of excuse for the like oh the technology is learning she's getting better and better she knows but none of the kills really get smarter like the way she kills the neighbor I was like uh, this is so obvious that it's you. How el- How else could this woman have died? You know, like, re- and I was like, come on, Megan, you are smarter than that. No? I mean, uh, uh, Gemma <laughs>
1: didn't finish the code, you know? She didn't put the safeguards in. It's, uh, you know, don't have, have,
2: have a reason for all this. It just, you know, it's... <laughs> basic's not gonna excuse here. Literally some way to... No, that was my only kind of thing about it where I thought, okay as much as I think a lot of the script is pretty smart and fun they're they're lacking taking the AI question to this fullest extent, which again was like, Oh, you can do that in the sequel. <laughs> if If you can establish it in this, you can take that AI question even further. Because I was also thinking like it would be so cool if there was a, such a smart AI robot killer that it figured out how to like plant every piece of evidence to make it look like something else. And of course, it's just so easy how they do the kills and make it look like someone else. Like the elevator one, I was like, oh, come on. Is anyone really going to believe that? You know, like that's not smart enough for Megan to do. They, I mean, would like to have something, two, seen something more smarter and interesting, Like Home Alone-esque kills that are like, you know, set up across eight scenes for it to work out. And then you're like, oh, wow, look what Megan did. She set up this to do this to do this. Two things. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
1: That that is exactly what made the sequel Megan's <laughs> will accomplish, I I'm hope, sure. I hope, I hope. But also, you know, th- this is what Child's Play's been doing very well for its duration, uh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. and, and it's especially in its current form, where it very much relies on continuity and smart writing to get across these kind of ideas. Because yeah, <laughs> well, you want to know what the end goal is? Well, so here's a series that knows how to uh, you know deal with that. Yeah. um Well, I mean, you're not making a bad point because, again, I agree with you. Like, it's just I I don't doubt that Akilah Cooper probably has the answer to this. Like, Mm. it's just not, you know, it's maybe not spelled out as neatly in the film. But like, if you asked her, like, so what's Megan's thing? You'd be like, oh, it's this. Like, I, I imagine that they know what they want to do with this thing or what Megan's goal ultimately is. But it's just not what the film is presenting all that, I guess, interestingly or satisfyingly. Uh,
2: but this also makes me want to compliment. Um, I know she wrote the script and is, is credit on it, but but James Wan is involved as a, a writer of the story. I guess credit he's a story wise. credit and she- producer. Yeah. Is that I appreciate Juan and Aquila and Cooper's because she also did um, Malignant. Uh, yeah. Is that I love that they don't need to explain everything because the key for their horror is the absurdity of it. Yes, like just it doesn't need these smart explanations when you're just like especially with Malignant, you're like let's just do this crazy shit and just throw it in here and let the audience have a blast with how ridiculous and absurd in a original way it is. The Malignant more than this, but still you're like yeah, that's what I dig about them. And if they can continue to produce that kind of horror, excellent. Because it's so, it is derivative, but it's derivative in a fresh and enjoyable way. And I think that's what I keep enjoying about Juan's production, but also Blumhouse's production. Not so much so much of the other horror we get these days.
1: As far as the mainstream horror goes, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I think we've talked sufficiently about Megan. When should people go and see this movie? It's currently playing in theaters.
2: Now. Stop listening to the podcast and no, it's a, it's a great audience, big screen experience. If you can have that. And if you can see it that way, go for it.
1: I would agree. I think the, I think it's a dollar theater if anything, but I mean, it's still worth, <laughs> I, yeah. it's it's still worth the, there's an entertainment value to get from like everyone being in the, and in, in getting that kind of feeling in the air as far as this is, you know, it has scary moments ish, but it's also just weirdly entertaining. Um, so yeah I'd certainly say like with an audience is a good time to have with this movie All right, well we've talked a lot about Megan now it's time for actually what is there someone else here that could possibly help us with the next
3: next segment I've been going in and out off (laughs) of my volume just so that I don't hear what you guys say at the end there But hey, I'm here. Hi, I it's sound Abe. terrible. Yeah, you do. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, well, a... you arrived
1: here just in time, though. For uh, what time is it?
3: I think it's time for a couple games. Let Little known fact: that's actually when Megan uh, reboots. I-, I haven't seen the movie yet, but <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a a really, it's a really, it's a really intense version the... of the Macintosh. <laughs> <startup>. <laughs> Well, guys, Bye. I hope you guys have had a good time talking about Megan. Um, it sounds like we had a
1: better time talking about Megan than you feel right now, which is a shame. <laughs> but you I've gotta, I, I, I'm have got i going to
3: shake this. It's going to be this. Yes, week. you will. Be, yeah, it'll be, be back it'll better be, than
1: ever with suspenders on.
3: Yeah, I've got two games for you guys here. Two quick games. The first okay. one here is, wait, that's how that guy dies? <laughs> uh, this yeah. is uh, because friend of the show Ronnie Chang uh, has a very famous death in this movie. Um, and this is where I will read a statement filled with a bunch of clues. And if you can buzz in and tell me the name of the movie, you will get that point. Okay. okay. All right. First one here. Oh no, he's not breathing quick. Somebody start CPR and get me a defibrillator. Everyone clear out. I'm about to zap him. What the heck? His body opened up and my arms are gone. Oh, Alex, Alex, (laughs) the thing, the thing is correct. Woo. I was waiting for what this is going to be. The next one here. Yeah, I know. It was all fun and games when you were just taking your nurse neighbor's beer after checking to see if anyone was in the house. Then, bam, an ice skate to your face when you're Aaron. enjoying those errand. Is that Halloween 2018? No, it's not 2018. Ice skate to the oh fuck, okay. and then bam, an ice skate <laughs> to your face when you're enjoying those beers, Alex. For the steal, oh, it's obviously
2: one of the Halloweens. I just don't. It is <laughs> Halloween two. <laughs>
3: it is that Halloween two. Uh, okay, I
2: was just it's
3: H two O. It is H two O. It's from the show uh, Joseph Good Levitt's okay. uh, offing in that movie. I get that point. <laughs> Next one here. Grab the popcorn. It's time to start a movie for the night. Wait a minute. Where's the sound? Why is it an eight millimeter? This movie has a lawnmower? Aaron. Aaron.
1: Sinister.
2: Sinister is correct. Man, I was going to vote lawnmower man, but that's too obscure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the next one here. Okay, fine. I'll play this stupid family game with you guys. What are the rules again? I have to not get caught. I have to keep running it until the sun rises. What do I get if I win? Oh, your whole family gets blown up one by one because of a curse? Aaron. Aaron. Ready or not?
2: Ready or not is the answer. Wow. I, the was, next thinking, Juma- I was thinking Jumanji. I like I like how obscure oh. my thoughts are. That would have been <laughs> if, yeah. I was waiting uh, for you to m- mention a rhinoceros, and then I was like, oh, Jumanji.
3: Remember all the death in Jumanji. <laughs> yeah, Who's PG
2: thirteen mean, death? Okay, come on.
3: Yeah. You know what what happens to all those people with that sporting goods store? Um, uh, the next video. <laughs> Okay, guys, here we go. I got to make this jump across the ravine with my motocross bike, and I'm coming back to here to save you guys and our buddies uh, that we went on this camping trip with. Aaron. But I'm Aaron. Cabin in the woods. Cabin in the woods is correct. That's uh, Chris Hemsworth going to die against uh, that magnetic shield. Last one here. All right, guys. Don't forget out of the basics of rooftop boxing with versus the bad guy. Jab, jab, jab. Right hook, left hook, body blow. Don't get too tired, though, and always watch your head and make sure it's attached to your body. Aaron? Aaron. Friday the 13th, Jason takes Manhattan. I'll give it to you. Do you know which part that is? That would be part eight yes it is part eight okay oh. <laughs> all right well you win that game the next one here i had to work backwards i'm like jason x <laughs> jason goes to hell <laughs> <laughs> okay there we are uh the next one here is called on a scale Love. uh this is an imdb scale these are for uh haunted doll movies okay so both of you guys are going to turn uh and we'll alternate who gets to go first but Alex, you are the guest on the show this week, so you got to go first. Okay. What do you think IMDb's star rating on a 10 scale with decimal points uh, has for Goosebumps 2015, which has Slappy, the the uh, ventriloquist dummy? 5.4. 5.
2: 5.4.
3: 5. Aaron, what about you? I'll go a little high. I'll say like 6.2. 6.2. Uh, it's six point three. So Aaron, you. Know,
2: <laughs> I knew people didn't like it though. I thought. Uh, I remember, reading. it
1: got a sequel. I, I think that
2: the <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. It.
1: Sure it does. Yeah. It means it's six point three in the IMDb scale.
2: Uh, they don't. The executives don't like go to IMDb and they're like, mm, "What rating did it have? If it's above six point one, we make a sequel.
3: Maybe they do. <laughs> I don't know. All right, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe they do do that. Who knows? Uh, the next one here. Uh, Aaron, you get to go first child's play 1988.
1: let's imagine it's like not too high but still high-ish
3: so I'm gonna say
1: I'm
3: gonna I'm gonna say 6.8 6.8 okay and what about you Alex
2: yeah 7.2 although 7. that's really high point IMDB wow that's pretty high not... it is 6.6 oh, 6. just... okay
3: so Aaron you get that one
2: I'm either too high or too low this is <laughs>
3: Uh, Alex you get to go first to the next one Poltergeist the the OG Poltergeist
2: mm, this one I'll say 7.3
3: 7.3 and Aaron that's a pretty good guess I'll, I guess I'll skew higher I'll say 7.6 7.6 unfortunately you couldn't go anywhere higher because Alex hit it right on the head oh it's there 7. you go look at that
2: but IMDb nice. blows me away because it could be the greatest film ever, and it's still like seven point eight. And you're that, like, does anyone ever right. get above an eight on this site?
1: Honestly, you know? that's my that's my sweet spot.
3: <laughs> there, seven point no, eight.
1: Like, no, they... yeah, because that's where I know it's like, ah, it's liked, but it's not like just the bros. Because <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah, the ones that are all a hot, you know, eight point six is like Godfather, Shawshank, Pulp Fiction. Like, it's the standards. Like, it's the stuff you do. like. Yeah, it's not like exactly. they're bad. It's just like
3: yeah, of course, those are the ones. Of course, <laughs> those are the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, you got to go next. Annabelle, Remember, uh, 2014. The first, the, Annabelle. Just, like, the first Annabelle.
1: Okay, well, this movie's bad, but <laughs> it has sequels. So it's not, but it's not going to be well, 6.1 but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the But the sequels are significantly better. That,
3: that's why I had to choose the first one. Let's see here. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say 5.3. 5.3. No Alex way. Billington. 6.4. Six 6.4. It is oh, 5.4. Wow. <laughs> <so Aaron laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> I thought I was shooting low. I thought it'd be like maybe low sixes. Yeah, or... <laughs> yeah,
2: seriously.
3: Crazy. Uh, next one here. Alex, Dolls from 1986.
2: <laughs> Dolls? What is this? This <laughs> is where like the family
3: gets stranded in like the, the you know, the, the countryside of these old people with a house filled with dolls just like lets them stay for the night and weird shit happens creepy
2: this sounds cool uh so i hate
3: this movie growing up
2: six <laughs> four? Six Random point four. For, for okay 6.4 6.4 film i don't know about
3: <laughs> uh, what about you eric uh 6.1 6.1 well unfortunately uh alex is the one that got Whoa! it closest it's six point three. Ah, okay. Aaron, you're off by zero point two. <laughs> uh next one here. Uh, Tales Tails from the Hood. <laughs> oh, Tales from the Hood. Yeah. Has a little vignette with like the Civil War doll. Yes, it does. It's very creepy. Um I forget who the senator is in that one. Oh, Corbin Corbin Burns. Cor yeah Corbin, yeah, Corbin Burns, Corbin Burns, yeah. What do you think um, Hot, Tales from the Hood has?
1: Tales from the Hood, it's not like a perspective.
2: I'll
3: say 6.0. 6.0. And what about you, Alex? Mm, yeah,
2: like
3: 6.6. 6.6. 6. 6. Alex, you get that one. It is 6.5. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. Pretty good. It's like, <laughs> all the films that are like not hated are also in the sixes. This is the IMDb for you. Like, If it's good, it's in the sevens. If it's not hated, it's in the sixes. And only the extremes are in the other beyond that.
3: Exactly. Yeah. This is why Aaron always like dominates this game sometimes. Uh <laughs> the next one here, Alex you got to go first. Puppet Master, the the 89 one. Hmm. 6.4.
2: 6.
3: 6.4. And what about you, Aaron?
1: For Puppet Master?
3: Yeah. Um it's is 6.1. 6. I don't
2: think po- it's a lot of, yeah, I think it's very Cold it War. is
3: five point five, so okay. Aaron, you get that
2: one. Yeah, definitely not beloved, I'm Yeah,
1: <laughs> well, that that or like maybe one of the fourteen sequels that it has might be. High. Yeah, exactly. Where it gets <laughs>
3: very, very uh, Germany. Yes. Um, yeah, they're, Aaron, they're like they're like uh,
1: country favorites in your place, right? Where they, they talk country about, favorites. Yeah, with <laughs> Alex, Mac, <laughs> <Back in laughs> Once they, once yeah. they get into the Third Reich, in the in yeah, the I know
3: months. what a title. Uh, Aaron, you got to go first. Dolly Dearest. Dolly Dearest. From like 1991 or something. <laughs>
0: um,
1: 5.7. 5.
3: 5.7. 5. What about you, Alex?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with like 5.2.
3: 5. 5.2. 5. It's a good thing you went lower. It's 4.7. Okay.
2: Yeah, I had a feeling this one is a piece of junk. <laughs> okay,
3: guys. You guys are tied four to four. Oh, wow. All left. right. Only dearest, and this is the this is for all the marbles here. I couldn't find another haunted, uh, haunted doll movie that was like of note, so I chose small soldiers. There's one that you're missing, I'm sure that there are a lot. (laughs) Brahms the boy, but I chose. yeah, Yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, the, the one I was thinking is magic with Anthony Hopkins. I uh,
3: I I read the IMDb description of that, and it's it's more Anthony Hopkins than it is haunted haunted doll. I
1: mean, <laughs> so I, was like, also, I don't know. There's also James Wan's
3: Dead Dead Silence, of course. <laughs> there is really good movie coverage. So Small Soldiers, Small Soldiers, Alex Billington for all the marbles. Ooh, what do you think IMDb's rating for Small Soldiers? Is that me? Is it right. you? You at first a dolly dearest. No, did I? Okay, fine. <laughs> oh, I, if you did, no, that's fine. I no, bought... yeah, I, I did. I think I did.
2: I'm gonna go a seven 0.
3: Seven 0. Okay. <laughs> Al, or we'll Aaron. see.
1: I know it has a a fan base. Yeah, it does. But how hard is that? INB I didn't know it had fan a fan base. There are people that like small it's, soldiers. Yeah, yeah, it's
3: a I, cult cult the, I remember a the Bone Thugs and Harmony song. <laughs>
1: I'm going to say 6.6. 6.
3: Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> it is 6.2. You are close. Oh, wow. It's oh, lower. Wow. Okay. okay. So, yes. So you squeaked by with that one 5 to 4. Just well, like the Gorgonites right that, uh... squeaked
2: by. Alex, <laughs> <laughs> what were <laughs> no, you saying? No, you were right that the fan base didn't spill over in time to be ratings. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Alas. Thankfully. It's still 6.2, so still get that sequel.
3: 6.2, yeah.
2: I bet you know the funny thing, Aaron, is I bet if you did research, it would not surprise me if the 6.1 is like the measure of which would what gets sequels or not. Yeah. (laughs) That'd
3: be we have to figure that one out. Where's Mark Hoffmeyer when you need him? Except when it comes to culture, uh to, to Puppet Masters, obviously. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Are those independent films
2: at this point?
1: Yes, they're it, he's making for the love of the game.
2: <laughs> but but that was like pre-IMDB. That was before they could refer to it for a judging <laughs> than the guide on the fair. Yeah,
1: that's the that's the rubric <laughs> for the
2: puppet master series. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> so well, that I. was Gabe's guys. Uh-huh congratulations aaron you won both of the mini games
2: well Jeez. i thank you I, i'm gonna go hang I, out with megan
3: i'm glad <laughs> i'm glad
1: alex uh provided some strong competition there that was fun but abe thank you very much for jumping on yes on, on while on your on, on this sick bay bed that
3: you're resting on currently to, to, to,
1: sick bay to, to, bed where yeah. am i deep face <laughs> nine? you tell me
3: <laughs> but, um, i, I do... appreciate it being on i can't look i can't wait to hear the episode but oh, uh, I know you guys are doing some feedback, feedback, feedback next. Well, yes, we are. But you get well soon. You you can't care, thanks, guys. Feel better. Right? Thanks, Alex. All right,
1: I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Okay, see ya. All right. Well, thanks again to Abe for that game. Uh, those games that was that was a lot of fun. And yeah, get better.
0: <laughs> I
1: know he's been in and out, but boy. All right. Let's uh let's get us about now. Feedback. feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash now podcast. We asked a number of questions of the listeners and they give some answers. Um, I'll just go through these here. And Alex, feel free to throw in anything that you might have as we get through these. Uh, first up, name some great films about robots gone bad. Luke has Christmas, Bloody Christmas, which I talked about recently. It's a fun movie. Uh, Chris Cleland has Chopping Mall and Ex Machina. Philip writes, I know it's stretching the definition, but 2001 is Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And Christopher has Age of Avengers, Age of Ultron and Hardware. Any uh, great robots gone bad films you want to?
2: Well, I was gonna mention Chopping Mall, but I was already mentioned. But um, the Black Hole, the Disney classic, like isn't one of the robots in that angry too?
1: Yeah, And <laughs> Disney classic, huh? That's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, uh. yeah the <laughs> Disney classic Black
2: Hole. No, because it has the kooky robots that on the ship, and one of them is like crazy. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but Choppy Mall like that Chopping Mall is a good answer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's a really fun movie.
2: I'm trying to think of others too. I don't know. I'm...
1: There's a few Terminator movies where they, you know, don't exactly act nice, but um...
2: yeah. But there's there's also the question between like robot like simple or robot like you know Terminator level AI intelligence, basically not robot because <coughs> it's so advanced. Training. Yeah, but it's also
1: not gone wrong. Like it's called a Terminator. It's doing exactly what it's programmed to do. <laughs> so, oh,
2: indeed, indeed. <laughs> it's not like it's like whoop! Someone hit the switch.
0: <laughs>
2: My bad. Someone did many, many years ago hit the wrong switch, but that's a
1: different story for another day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh next question we have here. Name some great films about friendly robot companions. Uh Chris has Short Circuit and Real Steel. Farron has Silent Running and Brian and Charles.
2: Mm-hmm. Brian has- Charles is a fantastic movie, by the way.
1: It's a fun movie, yeah. Yeah. I like how terrible the robot looks. <laughs>
0: like,
1: yeah, yeah. It yeah. feels it's like a some- charm. Yeah. I know that exactly. That's why it's fun. Like it, it has this like. This is ridiculous, and yet it completely works for that reason. Yeah, Philip has Castle in the Sky and the Iron Giant.
2: Oh, I love Castle in the Sky.
1: Christopher has Big Hero Six, Star Wars, and Metropolis, the anime.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Big Hero Six too. Well, Wall E, of course. Mm-hmm. The the quintessential Wall E. I was also thinking another one for the last question, which both is both questions answers. iRobot, though the Will Smith one. Yeah. They both turn evil, but there's also this like one good dream robot. I really like iRobot. I don't know why somebody hated it, but when I was growing up, that was like one of my beloved DVDs. I uh I tend
1: to look at that as one of Will Smith's best performances. I think he's really good at that. Yeah,
0: movie. yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. I think he's
1: like plays an interesting conflicted character.
2: And there's also this did you see this, even though it's not good, this Willy's Wonderland thing with Nick Cage. Yeah, I saw that. animatronics. I wish it was better. I wish yeah. it was better,
1: but I had fun with it.
2: There's a lot of uh, uh. There's also this um animated movie Next Gen. It was like on Netflix, right? Yeah, a couple years yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's really
1: good. Yeah. Really good. All right. Next up, name some great films dealing with the tech industry. Chris has Upgrade or Ex Machina. Philip has Summer Wars. Upgrade is the film that I've said. Megan is like, this is the matinee you watch, and then you watch Upgrade. Mm. Yeah, Upgrade's awesome. That'd up. be a fun double feature. Mm, dread.
2: Although that's not tech industry. That's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, wow, okay, thinking of this. Uh I also love the Steve Jobs movie, even though I don't know why it got such bad reviews too.
1: <laughs> you, you keep saying this, like Steve Jobs was a well like it didn't do well. No but, movies, <laughs> no, but these are movies.
2: No, but these are movies like they, they had like mixed reviews. I remember people came out loving it, and then I was like, oh great, everyone's gonna love this. And then I started reading like a round of really negative reviews about it. And it, maybe you're right. Maybe it just ended up bombing, and I thought it bombed because there was negative reviews. But I also think it bombed because no one wanted to watch a three hours. Steve Jobs
1: was... got eighty five percent Rotten Tomatoes, and it had number numerous right. Oscar nominations. Like it wasn't okay. a disliked okay. movie. It's just okay. <laughs> you gotta you gotta I... stop stop saying the negatives are, are as loud as the <laughs> positives here. <laughs> like...
2: But in the in the tech movies, I love all the classic stuff like Lawn Man, Hackers. Like the '90s stuff is all the best tech stuff. Because they were like so, uh, what's the right word? Like turned on and and also like, like hopeful and imaginative with what technology could do in the nineties. That they're like, we're gonna envision the coolest, craziest, weirdest movies, like Lawnmower Man. You're like, what the fuck is this? And then they they ended up making so much cool stuff. Like, yeah, it's good fun in the nineties. I also like Westworld. Westworld's a classic. Like, both the show and the movie are great. Tech industry. It's weird because the tech industry is like. You can use the tech world, but then create other stories around it, like Westworld. Westworld's a Western, but still set within the tech world. Yeah. Or am I wrong?
1: No, that's accurate. (laughs) Next question we have here. What's the most unlikely toy you would expect to become a killer? Chris has that evil Knievel-propelled stunt toy. (laughs) And Michael Lee, friend of the show, has creepy crawlers, molding toys, becoming sentient.
2: (laughs) I always thought the Furby, which they did in... um... Megan uh, No the 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 um animated movie from last year Oh, uh, Mitchells versus the Machines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they like fully <laughs> embrace the the evil furby I was like, "Wow, okay. <laughs> they went for it." <laughs> that was cool. That was a nice uh switch on what was expected. <laughs> But, it, but is the question movies? Or is the question like, what is a toy I've had that I would never imagine it going evil? But then that would be yeah. every toy I've ever had. I've been like, this would be weird if it turned evil. Yeah, yeah. that was the question.
0: <laughs> it's, the,
1: it's the unlikely toy.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean,
1: yeah. Furby's work. <laughs> if your Tamagotchi came to life and... Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know how to attack you exactly, but you know, figure something out, I guess. Invade your computer somehow.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Make you, force you to take care of it all day long and mm-hmm. grow it into multiple Tamagotchis. Yeah. Sounds exciting.
1: Who's winning? It's Me- who's winning? Megan, Chucky, Annabelle, or another killing do- killer doll entirely?
2: Honestly, Chucky. Chucky's so brutally will F everyone up. Yeah, it's Chucky. Annabelle
1: doesn't move. That's the other thing we have to remember. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. It just is there. <laughs> uh, what's the scariest Blumhouse film? Chris writes uh, probably something like insidious or sinister most disturbing though is soft and quiet uh, Christopher has unfriended have you you haven't seen that came out last year you didn't see soft and quiet no I, it's I the you know, know what it bad. is it's no. this it's this one shot it's like all done in one long take um and it concerns things that we haven't gotten into on this podcast. We don't want to spoil it because it's such a weird surprise like it's it's not necessarily a horror movie. it's more of a thriller, but mm. it's about a it follows this one woman who meets up with other women in some kind of group and we see what goes on from there i i can't say i like this movie but it is like incredibly uncomfortable and disturbing
2: <laughs> oh this is the yeah the south by one. one oh yeah <laughs> oh okay no, what's the, I, what's this
1: yeah okay well it's out there. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I can't say. Yeah, I, know, I, I know, can't I know. say go and see it. But I'm, I will say it's <laughs> it's 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 not not effective. <laughs> like, so,
2: what's the scariest Blumhouse film? Because a lot of these that I think are scary, I haven't actually seen. Like the Ouija movie, everyone said was scary, right? Or... The well, the first
1: one's terrible. The second one is solid. Mm. Has, that's Flanagan. The second one is solid. Mm. It does his job.
2: Because I'm also thinking, like most of the stuff I like from Blumhouse is not necessarily scary. That's Fair. the thing here. Mm. Wait, like what? Well, like the um, the Happy Death Day movies. Okay, um, yeah, okay. You know, even something like Invisible Man, it's like really good, but I was never scared by it. Yeah, I mean, it has its jumps, but yes, I wouldn't say it's yeah. like a
1: movie that left me scared. Like.
2: Yeah, it says they were, oh, wow, Paranormal Activity. Okay, I like the Paranormal Activities. Those were always scary to me. I just never saw a lot of sequels. (laughs) But the original one was terrifying.
1: I mean, the third one I'd think is the best and scariest. So That'd probably be my Mm. answer.
2: Yeah. Because I'm personally, I'm scared really by like supernatural ghost stuff like paranormal. Like a lot of the slashers stuff doesn't really scare me or like jump scares or yeah because it's really...
1: all yeah it's all in shock moments yeah, as opposed yeah. to like oh you're not there's not a lingering feeling that you know someone's around the corner or
2: whatever I mean I would love to hear you guys do a whole podcast on like scares because there's this endless debate now about horror where it's like it's not scary so it's not a good horror but not all horror has to be but then I this is my preface for your show if you ever do it is but then sometimes I think about we go through a whole year and there's like, yeah, there hasn't been one movie that like genuinely scared me deep down. And I wonder if we need a few more of those. Like, I think this is why um, uh, Hereditary Ari Hereditary film was so good is because and why it struck a chord with so many people is because it's like so well made, but also like genuinely scary. Deep, yeah, like deep within you scary. You're like, whoa. And that's that was a good fresh thing for the horror genre when it when it came out.
1: I would agree, um, and that is that—that that is an interesting topic. We do we we do do our annual uh, horror episodes in October, and that's actually mm. an interesting topic to come on. So I'll try to keep that in memory so we can uh, talk about this further because that's an interesting topic to to dig into. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would for me, I would say like for this question, I would say like Insidious or Paranormal Three. Those are probably yeah. my answers as far as like the 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 ones that are scariest. The first Insidious. <laughs> the first Insidious, yeah. Oh, I, I, cool. I, that movie has a lot of legit like good jumps and yeah what,
2: you know, yeah yeah definitely
1: some good like memorable image like you know it has Darth Maul <laughs> 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 yeah. it has that going for it.
2: I still I still <laughs> never get it I'm like it's creepy but it's Darth Maul like what is there whatever that's no,
1: like, I, I I like how it's presented. Like in the actual movie, I like how it's presented, where yeah, like yeah, Rose yeah. Burns is just being like freaked out all over and is like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I already got like Ghost Kid running around the backyard, <laughs> yeah, and like now this fucking thing. Like I can't yeah, do exactly. this right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I, I like that kind of frustration. Like out of nowhere, like this too. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah uh and uh, you know whiplash is obviously terrifying also so that, we that
2: <laughs> i was looking at the list and i'm like wait what whiplash like you know, we gotta have... remember whiplash yeah, and black Landsmen
1: like... are uh black are movies
2: <laughs> yeah they have all these like horror 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 and then they'll have like a nice drama or a weird thing you're like oh okay but this is what's cool about bloomhouse is like if he wants to fund it and do it go for it I'm yeah make it all right
1: well that was that now feedback 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 and that is going to bring us to the end of this week's episode about now third and Abe. Uh, you can find more of my work my personal, Bob, the code at Zeke.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I also write for We Live Entertainment, where you can currently find my top 10 films of the year, as well as my top 22 movie moments of 2022. And I'm on Why So Blue, where you can currently find my picks for the best Blu-ray and 4K releases of the year, as well as my most anticipated films of 2023. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Alex Billington, where can people find more of you online?
2: You can find me at uh, firstshowin.net. Yeah, at firstshowing.net as always. Uh, Twitter at firstshowing, letterbox at firstshowing, and all the other new social networks that popped up a few months ago. (laughs) (laughs) I joined all of them, and then in like a week later, no one uses them anymore, and I'm like, great. Well, yeah, you have the handles,
1: so that works.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was my point. I was like, I'll save them and I'll try to start a movie community, and then no one talks about movies on it. Well. Nice try, anyway. I would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you can find me on the usual. My favorite now is still Letterboxd, even though there's no real conversation on there. I, I like Letterboxd as a movie site. So you, you can go. see what I've seen and what I think about what I've seen on Letterboxd at slash first showing.
1: Fair. Um, you can find all the other episodes about Now with Internet on iTunes, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all, all that. There's our email at nowpocketsgmail.com. Uh, again itunes user ratings good to get those uh next week's show is going to be our top 10 films of 2022 so stay tuned for that that's always a lot of fun to record plenty of stuff going on uh there as far as getting a lot of different uh, variety of opinions what have you uh alex thank you very much for joining me this week
2: thank you very much for having me this weekend it's always nice to be on here chatting films
1: of course and uh, once again thanks to Abe for coming in for the games and get well soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's going to do it for this week's episode so until next time so long and
0: goodbye.
1: It's not as annoying to type that all week as I thought it would be. It's really easy to just type May
2: I know. Yeah. I've also been wondering, do I have to type all caps? But then I'm like, well, it technically is an acronym. So yeah, like, I've been doing all caps. but uh... I mean, because the only one I fought with, not, not to diverge for a minute while we're watching the trailer, is that on TAR last year, I was like, why do I have to keep writing this in all caps? And the PR people literally like wrote me in mean letter beat. Like, you must write it in all caps. And they didn't justify it. And I was like, it's her fucking name yeah I, you know? I was like why and they were like no it needs to be all caps and i was like okay whatever." i gave up on
1: caps but i did have to keep inserting you know a with a thing on yeah, top of accent. it yeah, yeah, yeah so i i eventually just i got a lot of copy and paste done last year when he yeah, came to yeah. tar was a lot yeah. of just copy that word and i'll just keep pressing Control v every time i get to the, the name so
2: for some for some reason my whenever i search for it if i don't put the accent on the a the, the results come up like if i just search for tar all of my posts on tar don't arrive and i'm like come on like
1: <laughs> what i especially like is the movie itself is like that's a bullshit
0: name it's not even a real name <laughs> like, yeah exactly so like, <laughs> it doesn't even matter